Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi, and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast. And today it's just Mandy and I, and I'm really excited to talk to Mandy because it's her soberversary. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And how many years of soberversary is it, please, Mandy? Three years. Yay! Three is the magic number. Um, well done, dude. Well done. Yeah. And what are three years? I know. What blimmin' three years, eh? So what we're going to do today is we're going to do um, a bit like we did a couple of weeks ago when it was my soberversary. And um, when we ask each other the questions that we usually ask our guests um, to delve into our stories a little bit more. And and it's kind of, we did this right at the beginning, but obviously that was a, you know, a good couple of years ago, two and a half years ago. So we're going to update the cash and, um, you know, find out where where we're at now in a bit more in a bit more depth so hi man how are you doing yeah i'm good thank you um hot obviously at the moment um oh there's my cat she's come to say hi I heard her. <laughs> um yeah i'm okay thanks we've been really busy but when this um releases we will be on holiday so that's very exciting yeah. um I was with you last week we were together last week doing um some photos weren't we yeah and eating bits of cake and doing a bit rose. of swimming yeah and we saw rose who's another she recovers coach who's awesome so that was lovely um so yeah felt felt really lovely last week um but like you say it's really hot isn't it it's like blooming boiling yeah yeah I mean obviously yeah. I've got the sea which is I can't complain really um, really because you never mention because there's so many tourists <laughs> this is not enjoyable like I have oh. to go you know about nine o'clock in the evening when they go get away off my land. get off my land exactly yeah Oh, I'm a bit nervous to be honest. Oh, don't be nervous. It's only me. It's only me, and I've heard it all before. Don't many, many times. Don't worry about it. (laughs) No, it'll be lovely. I know. I actually, I did like a couple of weeks ago when we did me, and I yeah, I I felt a little bit nervous. But we'll we'll just have a chat. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we'll we'll start. If you don't mind, we will dive in um, and start with. And you know, because Mandy and I did did go, we went backwards and forwards a bit, didn't we? So you're going to talk, sort of concentrate really on this stretch of of continuous sobriety, which is now three years, which is amazing. And so, can you tell us what brought you to, back to the decision? I suppose to go alcohol free yeah I mean the you know the first time I got sober was was very much I suppose driven by um you know as we would say in coaching terms like a a move away from goal was that you know my life was very unmanageable and you know I was very depressed and there was a lot going wrong um and then you know I kind of got I got better I got my mental health kind of 
in check, was on antidepressants, was going to therapy, you know, had made a decision to quit my job and we were going to move to the seaside, which was like my dream to kind of bring up my kids. And so after literally after about a year of sobriety, um, someone said to me something about moderation, like, oh, yeah, you know, I just can like, I'm just going to just drink, you know, every now and again, you know, and something just snapped in my brain. I was just like, oh, yeah, it was like, I can do that. Yeah, of course, you know, sort of thing. Um, So I told my husband and he was really like, kind of, he just didn't really say anything. He was, I think he was really shocked, but he just didn't, he was just like, really? And then didn't really say anything. And I guess at that point I was like looking for someone to tell me, I don't know what I, I don't know if I would have changed anything. But anyway, so I had, you know, I had a couple of glasses of champagne. I don't even like champagne, but you know, it was that sort of thing that you do. And then, you know, it was sort of, I had one every so often for a a couple of months or so. And then very quickly, my sort of sleep started deteriorating. And, and so that was kind of, and then it was the summer holiday. So I think I started drinking again in kind of April and then by sort of July, that's right, because we moved and, you know, we got absolutely trashed the night before we moved, you know, and it was just like, what am I doing? Like, I was so hungover trying to move, like, the kids, the cat, the house. Just like, what am I doing? Like, how have I got here again? Um, so it was really kind of that sort of, yeah, kind of in check, but binge drinking, you know. So it looked very different. It wasn't every day. Um, it looked a lot more like my friends or what everyone else was doing, but um, it certainly wasn't making me any ha- very happy. And so basically I went through this period of like, and so then by the end of the summer, I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. So I quit again. Um, and then we moved and it was a new place. And so I was like meeting new people as a sober person. And I was like, oh, I kind of figured out who I wanted to be friends with. And they were kind of like, you know, the people that like fine wine and had dinner parties and stuff. And I was like, so then I was like, right, I'll just, you know, drink very, very good red wine, you know, nothing cheap, blah, blah, blah. Um And so I played that dance for about two and a half years, really kind of going back. And it was about every three months that I'd just be completely exhausted, completely like, am I here again? Or I'd have that one binge where I black out and I wouldn't remember and just be like, oh, you know, that that's not what I wanted. And um, and actually at that period, then my mental health really started deteriorating because the house that we moved into was um, had it's beautiful sort of 1950s a mid-century modern house cute little house it's wooden floors throughout and the wooden floors used to creak with like at night time because there's no sort of central structures very boring architecture here but anyway like <laughs> the, the, I was quite interested in that <laughs> tell me more about the central structure yeah. and how the walls hold it up yeah no, well anyway, you know but um and so the, the the wooden floors used to creak at night mm. and that because, you know, I suffer from PTSD, um, you know, and that, that hadn't been dealt with at all at that point. You know, I hadn't spoken about trauma. I hadn't dealt with any of that sort of side of things. Um, I I basically started waking up every night like I'd and, and I'd run downstairs and check all the doors and windows <clears> and then <throat> I go back to bed 
And then as soon as I'd just be falling asleep, I'd like bolt wake up again. And then I'd have to go and check all the the windows and doors because of these little noises. So I was like in a hypervigilant state all the time. Mm. So my mental health was deteriorating rapidly, you know, and I was drinking. I hadn't made that kind of connection again. So I went from being like super like, woohoo, this is my life. Like, yay, we've moved to the seaside. Everything's amazing. Quit my busy job. I had a two year sabbatical um, that I'd negotiated from my job. So I had quite a good kind of wage. I had like two thirds of my wage coming in. You know, I was at home. I could do everything with the kids. Looked perfect, and I was really struggling with my mental health. Uh, like I had, you know, really bad depression. I couldn't remember how to cook properly. Like I was wearing the same clothes all the time, and then I was like trying to meet new people. And so anyway, so I ended up going back to therapy and got put on some very kind of hardcore um, antipsychotic uh, drugs to get me to sleep for like a summer. And I put on quite a lot of weight, um, was sleeping like 12 hour days. It was all a bit grim, really. Um, And I remember one night sort of like sort of falling over in the bathroom and then like looking sort of going, what's going like looking at these tablets? It was like, do not drink, you know, with these tablets. It's like, uh, okay. And so at that point, I was like, well, I'd rather drink than take these tablets. So I stopped taking those tablets. So. Yeah, so my insomnia was was pretty awful. Um, and so, yeah, backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. I kind of kept on saying to my husband, like, wasn't I happier when I didn't drink? And he'd say yes. And I go, OK. And then I just couldn't get that mind shift back. Like, I just couldn't get it to stick. Um, you know, and, and I was going to therapy like, every week sometimes twice a week at that point going to various different therapies and seeing a psychiatrist and I just hadn't made that kind of connection that like it the booze had impacted on my mental health and that was part of what was going on um and then so as it always was you know summers or Christmas were the worst times because that's when you don't have the kind of rules of like you know, right, it's the school week, because I got very kind of, you know, I looked very good from the outside, like I never drank on my own anymore. You know, I don't only drink with my husband when he came home or at parties, but I was like, working really hard at it, you know, I'd be like, what monitoring everyone's drinks, you know, like, how much they had, can I have another one, you know, eating loads to like, you know, soak it up, really paranoid, like I just didn't want to get drunk. But then I just couldn't, I just didn't want one so it was that kind of head fuck um and yeah so the summer had been really exhausting we went away for three weeks um and you know family holiday three weeks but that literally meant drinking at lunchtime and in the evening not a lot you know maybe a glass of wine at lunchtime and then half a bottle in the evening that's quite a lot um but I was just done. I was just so tired. And I'd kind of made this promise to myself, like every time I woke up again at sort of three in the morning, then that was my signal, like I needed to stop. And then I'd like take another detox break. And um, and my friend, my best mate, childhood mate, um, Tash had given me, she'd been over to visit just before we left. And she'd given me Ma- the Bryony Gordon's book, Mad Girl to read. She was like, oh, you know, you really like this so I was reading this book 
uh, when we were in Spain and it was all about her kind of her mental health journey and it really clicked something like you know this is a this is a real thing like I have mental health issues B, like how amazing that this woman is talking about her mental health like openly and I kind of been fucking around with Instagram for a couple of years but you know seeing how it had changed and how people were doing things and making businesses and stuff so I'd kind of been thinking about different things like shall I do a food one or shall I do you know I wanted to express myself some way and like I thought and I was like maybe I can talk about mental health and sobriety like maybe that's that there's something there maybe there's a conversation to be had and I started following people on you know on Instagram and everything um and but I was still drinking and and then one evening we were in Spain my son and my daughter you know they've been playing in the pool all week but all the time we'd always been in the water with them so at the time my son would have been nine and my daughter was 11 and then we were like it was kind of like two days before we left or something like that and we were like all right well we we can just sit next to the pool and we'll have like the aperitif we'll have a glass of wine and they can play and you know that's fine like we've watched them all week kind of thing and anyway the the guy in the in the in the villa he didn't want us to take the cover fully off because it was annoying for him to put it back on again so there was a metal cover in the middle of the swimming pool and my son like they were playing catch and my son jumped in to catch this ball and hit his head on the the metal cover of the of the swimming pool and I'd literally just sat down with a glass of wine in my hand I hadn't taken a sip but like so it was just this mad kind of moment of like yeah I don't know intervention is not the right but there was some you know it was a mad moment like he jumped in the pool smacked his head so nearly hit his head on the concrete side of the of the of the side my husband jumped in pulled him out he was like pissing blood because it was like his eyebrow which just Mm. really kind of extreme and so you know we was like drama and then we had to go to you know hospital in Spain and he had to have stitches and stuff like that and it was really really stressful because my son's super sensitive so he was like hiding in the in the hospital so I had to like go and find him and like try and coax him out because he was absolutely terrified about getting stitches so it was you know it was there was a lot and I remember my husband just sat sort of we got back in the car he was like thank god we didn't have a drink Mm. and I was just like Mm. I'm done and then that night I woke up again at like four in the morning and I was just like, I'm done. I'm really mm. done. And, um, and I download, I went back on Soberistas because yeah. like, thank goodness. And, I um, and uh, I mean, I think they still do, don't they? They have like a free download of Annie Grace's book, which mm. is just amazing. And, and so I was like, Oh, what's this? So I started reading a little bit of this naked mind and then, I did at that time Annie Grace had like a five-day free kind of webinar series that you could do Mm. and that was enough that was enough to switch my brain it was just like yeah that's it I'm done yeah what was I you know Mm. and that's it and there we are yeah and so yeah and so at that point I was like right I I sort of realized the thing that I'd been missing was that kind of because at the beginning I knew a lot of people on Soberistas, but then because I left and I went backwards and forwards, I kind of lost that community. 
and I knew or like that that's what I needed like I I'm a social person I, I need friends I need I needed to have a life mm. you know and um and so that's when I set up my Instagram account and then made friends with kind of re- random people all over the world that became mm. yeah, my sort of sisterhood really and mm. you obviously yeah and then you know thank you darling and you said about you know obviously mental health is is a really important piece in your journey and your story you know that's really obvious and you've helped me understand my mental health journey because you have been a passionate advocate about it and really so articulate about it and generous so I was wondering if you could yeah sort of explain a bit more about how your mental health has been impacted positively through sobriety really Mm. well I think it's twofold like you know I mean alcohol is a depressant and it is you know um if you've got anxiety it it you know depletes your your natural level coping mechanisms for those things so there's that on the kind of physical level that you know I was taking antidepressants but they weren't working you know like or I wasn't and I was just relying upon I was doing this dance with like I was like oh I must get off my antidepressants and then I'd start drinking again so it was like I was definitely using alcohol as a kind of coping mechanism um and so now like I mean I still take antidepressants but I certainly never get the darkness that I had before I mean in terms of cognitive functioning, just in terms of being able to, I mean, like they always, you know, they described antidepressants to me was like, you know, there's a kind of, you know, your mental health is like a chasm, your depression is like a chasm, you know. And so like what um, antidepressants do is just like help you build a bridge. You know, it's not, it's like, so you don't fall so low like you know it's not it's not a solution but it's just sort of like um a bit of a a mattress or whatever to just soften the blow essentially and I kind of feel like sobriety is another kind of level of that that mattress kind of protection you know I still get moments where I get down or I still get you know anxiety sometimes but it's never been those crisis points um and and even more than that, I've just learned so many, so many strategies to kind of look after myself. And like I, you know, part of my, I was myself, you know, I had such huge amounts of self-loathing and, you know, low self-esteem. I couldn't look in the mirror. Like I just hated everything. I thought I was bad at everything, you know. And so when you're kind of, when you get sober and you see that you're managing something, you know, consistently, then that's just a gift to your mental well-being because you're like, wow, okay, I'm not that bad, <laughs> you know, I'm not yeah. that bad. Um, uh, so it's always been an anchor for me really just to mm. – and and also it gave me the space to really look at kind of what was going on and, you know, I've started doing EMDR. I mean, I've been – speaking a lot more openly about kind of trauma you know and that was unspoken for 20 years so that's like a huge huge part of kind of recovery for me in in terms of just being able to own my whole story I guess 
Um, yeah, so I mean, I just feel much better and I look better. And I mean, I still have really bad insomnia. Um, but I always know that even though I might not sleep a lot, at least it's like real sleep, true sleep. Because I, I mean, I used alcohol to pass out for years, you know, so like I, I would just drink and then pass out and then I'd wake up at like four in the morning. You know, that's not, quite, <laughs> that's not a solution. And I, I mean, I heavily relied on sort of sleeping tablets as, as well for a long time. So, yeah, I mean, I don't sleep a, a lot, but I kind of am coming to terms with just managing it as, as is, you know, mm-hmm. so... And what um, you mentioned the sober sisterhood and you know connecting with people, how has that helped you in your sobriety and your mental health? Oh man, that's like everything to me. That's going to be the cry question. I was like, she's going <laughs> to cry. I'm um, digging. I'm trying to get there. I'm uh, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, that was huge 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 for me because part of it was you know I live abroad um and I had a very 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 strong um social group growing up you know we were there was a quite a lot of problems with people growing up um I probably had some sort of codependency issues if that is a a thing you know I took on everyone's problems and I was very very engaged and very involved in other people's kind of lives growing up um and um when my parents moved from where I grew up in Stroud they moved to London when I was probably like 29 and that had a huge impact on my mental health because it was like not only was I living abroad but I couldn't go back to Stroud and like so much of my kind of being and who I thought I was was tied up in those friendships um And so a lot of the work that I had to do in sobriety was untangling myself from those friendships because actually a lot of them were quite toxic. And I mean, they like me, you know, but they're not like they're not my super, you know, community. They're like we were just part of a group. And so that was very, very painful for me to kind of understand that actually they weren't all my best friends. Um, You know, I still have my two best friends. We've been friends since we were seven which is amazing, Tash and Teresa, if you're listening. Um, and I have very, very good friends from university, like Nat, Steph, Vic and, and Soph, you know, so I've always kind of had very core friendships, but there was a lot of noise going on there. And then all of a sudden, you know, going sober was like, wow, like I basically am cutting myself off and it was terrifying. Um but then I met new people, you know, and then I met people that just, I mean, I think I'm just, I've always been a real kind of deep thinker and like, I like to chat through, you know, I love to be silly and have a good laugh, but I do have quite a serious side. And, you know, I just had missed that with so many people that I just like, I love having those chats. I love having chats about activism. I love, you know, having, friends you know from all over the world that kind of yeah that multicultural you know lifestyle difference that that richness of experience and then just being like to have that common bond of like oh my god yeah me too like I get it I just love it and and we have the best time you know like I've met some 
of the greatest kind of yeah just the greatest people so and and being able to go out again you know because when I used to go back to London that was like my escape I'd be like woohoo and I'd plan up like a million things to do and they would all be evolved around sort of drinking and going to bars and all that and I'd get so depleted and now I I do I can still go out and I'll be like oh I'll meet up with Scott or I'll meet you know with Lee or I'll kind of meet up with you or we'll do something a gathering and yeah I I needed that I couldn't just be like a lonely sober island even though I am mm-hmm. in in my day-to-day life I mean I don't have any sober friends <laughs> in, in France <laughs> Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because of the the, the use of tech, it, it feels like we've got this amazing global sober community. And then you you know you're brilliant at bringing people together and and making friends. And you work harder, you know, maintaining mm. them. And so it's really. I you reminded me then though. I was almost thinking that you know when you get sober, that sometimes your greatest fear turns out to be your greatest superpower. Yeah, that's so you know? true. Yeah, that and and it was because I was like, you know, I've always been into music and into festivals and you know, I can remember one of the times when I'd stopped drinking in between you know, and I and no actually I think it was in my first year, so back in 2013 or 14 whatever it was. And I said to my best mate who, you know, at the time you know, we were very very fused um with very much more distance now but you know I said to her at the time I was like because we used to go to this Giles Peterson festival in um in set in the south of France amazing kind of world music festival and techno and dance and lots of kind of and anyway um and I was like yeah you know I'll come and like it's cool doesn't matter I won't drink and you know and she was like she was coming with another friend of hers who just had a baby and so it was kind of her return to her you know she was just like oh you know I don't I don't know whether it will work because I don't want you to sort of ruin our fun basically was what kind of was said and I was so gutted and I was but now like I can I can name like you know 10 people on my hands that I could go to a music festival with that are sober you know so it's just like you find your people um but we would just kind of go and then we would like leave and have a cup of tea <laughs> yeah perfect we exactly. win <laughs> we, we dip in have a little boogie and then we go home get yeah. some blankets and well you don't have to be there I, to I mean, I'm, end, I'm, do you? I'm, i am 40 now so come on yeah it's, yeah it's age appropriate which it's is what an, I wanted, you know, that's mm. that that's where I was. I was just like, I'm still doing the things I was doing when I was 20, 25, you know, mm. and I'm now 35. It's like, I don't want to do this anymore, but I just didn't mm. know how to stop. So, yeah. Yeah. And that has come up a few times, hasn't it? That age appropriate thing. And it's one of those things that I think is almost like it's quite unfashionable. Yeah. Um, to say that but but there is something where us you know if we feel like that we're often told oh don't give yourself a hard time go and live a little but actually it's your way of looking after yourself and saying actually this is not aligned with who I am and who I want to be right now and that's fair enough it's a good thing yeah I mean it's just like I do kind of you know there was a lot of years where I felt a lot of shame and a lot of kind of like because 
lots of dark things happened when I was you know a young person um but now I just kind of you know I kind of think well a that's part of my story I can't do anything to change it and b it's like well you know we were young and we were just Mm. we were silly and that's kind of yeah it's just it is that's that makes sense to me you know yeah but sort of doing the same thing I mean you know I was kind of friends with friends they were at a party recently you know and they did coke for the first time and they're in their 40s and I was just like that's just I don't get it like I just don't get what you know but anyway I mean I'm not not to judge but I was just and just in terms of your body it's just like well your body's just not it's that's gonna hurt (laughs) good luck with that I do not want to be there the next day. You know, like you want to be a fly on the wall, like so much. I really don't want to be a fly on that wall. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, I I do, you know, I I live my life, you know. Mm. I mean, I got into some major scrapes, but, you know, thank God I survived. But, yeah, I'm truly done, you know. and, and And I do think it's problematic that we don't respect, you know, kind of getting changing you know that's how it should that's how it should be it's like well we change and we and that's and I love that about sobriety it's just like oh what am I going to discover now like what's going to happen next you know and I don't I don't want to be that I don't want to be a drunk grandma like that that was going to be my reality it's like because I used to say to myself oh well when you know I'll try and hold it down while the kids are still at home and then when they're gone woohoo and then it was like really and then you kind of play it forward it's like what so then you know nothing's going to change I'm just going to be the kind of slightly embarrassing like grandma that's like what's what's wrong with grandma oh don't worry she's just had a bit too much strength she's just going to go to bed for a couple of hours so no that I didn't you know I want to be like running around grandma and doing Mm. you know water sports and yeah just that's my and and inspire them to you know think god I'm so worthy aren't I (laughs) no I love that I love that because what you're actually saying is that um you're actually saying that it gives you hope yeah it gives you hope and choice that's what you're saying and you know so no you're not worthy and well you're not worthy grandma (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love the thought of you as grandma. You're gonna be badass. But so what um what area of personal growth do you think, apart from mental health, has been the biggest shift for you? Oh, like confidence, I think. And this is a really hard one to get across to people because people see me now and they're like, oh, wow, you're so co-, you know, I do come across as quite confident. Um I suppose more just in terms of like I don't know like wearing lipstick and you know like I was always a real tomboy and really really scared of kind kind of any femininity and I suppose you know it makes sense if you've had kind of sexual violence trauma you know you do a lot of protecting and not wanting to be seen um but I'm loving kind of yeah sort of that journey of um being a bit more girly and kind of owning my own body more and um 
you know, I wore a bikini. Like I, I mean, I, I was like the person that would ne- like never ever be naked in front of anyone. You know, ex-boyfriends. We like we literally just had sex. You can like stand up and get the water, and I'd be like, no, no, <laughs> you know, no way. Um, and and now my poor children they'll just like put some clothes on mum (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that that part of that confidence of just like I don't really give a fuck anymore Mm, I love that freedom yeah yeah and And so sorry go on no I was just like and you know I'm enjoying buying like I bought Chanel lipstick the other day it was on sale but it was very exciting get that out of my head like that's really it's really triggering for me <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I did think I was like right it's like note to self buy Kate uh, an expensive lipstick for Christmas oh bless you I do love a Chanel lipstick I used to like that Rouge Noir you know after Uma Thurman wore it in um Pulp Fiction it was like that was my lipstick for kind of for years and apparently I said to my Bernadette, I said to her, it makes sense of my face. <laughs> I don't remember that. But anyway, that was my justification. Okay, I'm writing it so down. I'm writing it down. Uh, so so what, um, yeah, what other self-care practices have you got? Emotional and physical toolkit now for your badassery and your happiness. Um, well, I've rediscovered creativity which was huge um that kind of got knocked out of me at secondary school because all my friends were really good at art and I was like good with color but not good at like anything to do with you know traditional art and they the teachers are basically like yeah don't do this for a level you know this this stops here kind of thing as well um and, you know, my grandma was a painter. My granddad, you know, won an art scholarship to Oxford, you know, so there's arts very much part of my kind of family history. Um, but I was, yeah, didn't have any kind of creative, any hobbies really. So that's been great. And I really credit kind of Amanda Grace for helping me with that. Um and the unruffled, you know, Tammy, and just listening to them talk mm. about the importance of creativity, Tammy and Sandra. Um, so, yeah, I have, I do intuitive painting, which is basically just like playing with paint uh, and colour. I do sort of, um, you know, um, journaling, creative journaling. Um, I do jigsaw puzzles. I do, I colour mandalas, all those things are the kind of things that bring my nervous system, regulates my nervous system. Um, They're kind of my, yeah, either the end of the day or at the weekends. Um, I listen to audio books, which I love because I've started listening to, you know, biographies that are are spoken by the person that wrote them, which is just Mm. the most joyous thing. So I listen to... Michelle Obama's and Trevor Noah's, um, Demi Moore's. Um, yeah, I love it. Um, Glennon Doyle. I love it being read by the person. It's just a mm. genius experience. Um, I go swimming. Um, I go to yoga. I did none of these things before I got sober. Like I did nothing. Um, 
I take baths, essential oils. But I'm still discovering and I quite like that, you know, mm. it's still like a little I get quite bored of things and then I have to find something else. So that's quite exciting. It's always like, oh, okay, I'm a bit over that. And then I come back to it after a while. But, mm, and I, I, I write, love that. you know, obviously we write mm. and I do my Instagram, which I do, you know, that's very therapeutic for me. Sometimes I'll just have moments where I'll be like, da, 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 you know, I'll be like, oh, that felt yeah. good. Yeah, and I love what you said about, you know, that thing about being on that journey of discovery and, you know, that fits very much with that whole, you know, the sober journey mm. and the hope and the possibility because there's so much, you know, when we talk about that sort of the narrowing of the world when you have a problematic relationship with alcohol and then the opposite of that, somehow we don't, you you can't, when it happens... It, it is truly magical isn't it it's like literally you, there's so much there is so much yeah you can I mean, try you so know much. in the last three years what you know we created a podcast we wrote a book I trained as a coach you know discovered creativity mm. that's quite you know quite good going that's a lot and be a parent be a parent yeah. And be a cat, pet, cat parent. Yeah, we were getting very obsessed with dogs last night when we went to dinner. Yeah. We like, this is the next project, to have a dog. Yeah. Yeah, and just, um, yeah, I like to read. I like to learn stuff. Mm. You know, I, I was n not very engaged in school, you might say. <laughs> um I think, you know, maybe, I mean, you always say I have ADHD. I don't know. Maybe I do. Mm. But, you know, I certainly had a problem with authority. So I spent as much time in, like, the crisis room as I did in class. Um, and I was very, like, either I liked a teacher or I fucking hate them. And if I didn't like them, then I was really hard work. And I do apologize to all those teachers. But they were rubbish. So, um <laughs> yeah, so I didn't really learn very much. So that's been quite a, a journey to kind of learn, find ways that work for me, like, you know, listening mm. to podcasts or listening to audiobooks or kind of, um, you know, using a highlighter pen or just different methodologies mm. that work f for me. But, you know, I've been learning, obviously, I've been doing quite a lot of anti-racism work recently. I've been doing quite a lot of, you know, learning in terms of, intersectionality and you know transgender rights and you know I yeah I that kind of activism side was something that I had when I was really really young and that's really nice to kind of reconnect with that and especially because my dad's like super super kind of righteous you know he's, <laughs> I mean, he's like you know the best feminist he's woke he is very woke, yeah. Um, <laughs> I love a woke dad. Yeah, I love a woke granddad. That's yeah. excellent. Yeah, I mean, he, he picks ma yeah. Matilda up on kind of, you know, language. And that's really nice to have that with him, you know, because he's getting old. Because, I mean, I was working in a business school and he didn't like that. <laughs> so no. I've realigned to, no. you know, 
proud that feels good as well so what plans and projects have you got coming up in this in the bright future of mandy manners sober mandy manners um oh we have good dreams don't we so we're going to i'm going to buy a house in the countryside with a swimming pool um we're going to run retreats in france with rose um we're going to write more books we're going to we've got a book we've got a book coming out we do in uh about two weeks now it's september the third third of september we're going to write more books we're going to create lots of courses for women personal development courses we're going to apply for funding we're going to shout in very polite ways at government and services to get them to change um, and help more people Um, we are going to do some yoga retreats um yeah I'm going to be like a woke grandma if my kids you know sexual orientation or persuasions give me grandchildren one day or not whatever um yeah i don't know get get old with my husband oh yeah i like i mean i'm excited i've got to get over the menopause which might be quite traumatic but other than that yeah. i'll let you know i'll let <laughs> yeah. you know when i'm out of the other side i've got to go through <laughs> with you first which are we like oh, no. equally You'll traumatic be an yeah that's You'll be an expert Um, yeah no I mean we just want to help people don't we really so Mm. trying to find the best way ask better questions keep pushing the narrative keep you know asking for it to get better I mean yeah that's that's the plan really that's it that's awesome thank you and well done and congratulations on your like three years you've packed a fair amount in and you've worked really hard and yeah I love your activism and your passion and really there's a lot of people who I know would feel the same and feel your bit of magic because you really are a bit of magic thank you darling thanks dude Still trying to get you to cry, and you're not fucking crying, are you? Like, you still haven't. I'm too dehydrated. Like, like I've never told her she's a bit of magic, and that loads of people love her. She'll cry, not a single fucking tear. <laughs> uh, I've cried enough tears in my life. I did. No, I'm too hot. Like, I've, I've sweated yeah. all my tears out. It's like, they're trying, but the ducks are dry, dude. <laughs> I'm sure that's a metaphor. Yeah. That's a really horrible metaphor for something. <laughs> On that um, note. Anyway, yeah, what's your um, reason to love sober and your tip of the day, then? Um, my reason to love sober is, yeah, everything we've talked about, really, that it it changed my life. You nearly got me. <laughs> You're making me cry. I'll be crying. You do the crying for us. Um, yeah, you. Um, yeah, all my sober pals, um, all the people that engage with us, really, and and making my kids proud, and you know, my husband proud, and my parents 
so proud. <laughs> My brother's a little bit proud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's like this sliding like scale, kind of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pick it up with the cat at the end. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it's. Yeah. My tip of the day is just like do it, get support, and yeah, just do it. If you know, you know, like whether it's working for you or not and it's not about anyone else it's not about any other person's journey it's about you and about how it makes you feel and if it makes you feel unhappy then our being alcohol free is a, a better life choice it's just that's it it's it's tricky it's not easy to get there but once you're there and you know we can support you but you're not alone but yeah just reach mm. out and there is never a better time to do it, you know, so. Amazing. So true. Thank you. Oh, thanks. So um, as Mandy said, we do have our book out um, on the 3rd of September and it's available to pre-order um, from your local independent bookshops and also on Amazon and the book depository um and it doesn't matter wherever you are you are in the world we are there is an american launch going on next year but actually if you're in the states you can order it on from amazon and get it anyway so that's what we've got we've also got some courses coming up um on our website which we'll be talking about and yeah just get in touch you can there's some free offerings as well and if you sign up for if you go to lovesober.com you can sign up on the newsletter and keep in touch with all the stuff that we're up to and um yeah so i think that's it for now so but if you're immediately concerned about your drinking do reach out please do we i know we say that but we really love to hear from people so info at lovesober.com um and also to you know seek medical help if you are worried soberistas has the anonymous ask the doctor um service and again there's lots of stuff online for you to find your kind of sober community where you where you feel that you're fit so just keep trying keep reaching out and um we will see you next week um for more chat